it was a no-brainer. I think he hit the nail on the head. He's the heart and soul of the defense. His on-the-field play speaks for itself. What everybody doesn't see is what he brings off the field, and that is equal, if not more valuable, the leadership aspect. And even last year when he was out all year, he went to every road game on his own dime. He went to every meeting. He was first guy in, last guy out. I don't know if I've ever personally seen a player attack the rehab the way he did. Um, going into the Western Final, how we played in the Grey Cup, uh, I think he was a very viable option. So that speaks to his character, his drive, his love for the game, and everything we stand for at the Eskimos, uh, he amplifies. And with the leadership aspect that he brings, I mean, it's obvious even before you sign him, he's a leader. But uh, considering how your defense could look, you know, he's got to be right up top of the list as being very important to that defense and the team as a leader. You could argue he's the most important part, and there's a lot of important parts, but he's the quarterback of the defense. He lines everybody up. I think he settles everybody down. If they're newer guys, if we get a rookie in the lineup, then he eases them into it. He makes things easier. He calls out formations, shifts, everything. I mean, he's he's Mike Riley on the defensive side of the ball. That's how valuable he is. You, you knew of him, but you never got a chance to work with him last year because he got hurt so early in the season. Was it a tough – like, how did you learn about him last year? Uh, I mean, did you rely a lot on what Jason told you and what you'd already seen from him? Well, I think once you get to know somebody, you, you find out the most about people. And I've said this before, during trying times, and a person that goes down with an Achilles week one, there was never a woe is me. There was never – there was disappointment because he loves the game and loves being here for the teammates, but there was never hanging his head. It was just, I'm going to get back by the Grey Cup. Immediately, uh, even before we boarded the flight back from Vancouver week one, there was talk of, if we get to the Grey Cup, I'm going to play. So it really reminded me of, to be honest, Jerry Rice. When he got hurt, I believe the 97 season, when he came back later that year with an ACL, I think rare athletes can do rare things, and I would put JC in that category. That's how special he is. You got uh, you got your middle linebacker figured out. You're going to have competition at nickel. Um, your will linebacker position. You got a Canadian in that corner that played really well. You got some other guys in the mix. What, what are your thoughts on that will position, and where do things sit with Kohenar right now? A lot of moving parts. We've had uh, very extensive discussions with Kohenar. We also have Christoph Malumba, who had a very good rookie year. He was a four-year starter at Maine, had a lot of tackles. We have Blair Smith, uh, Doug Parrish is in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we go American there. So, I mean, I'm not going to tip our hand completely. Uh, we could go that as a racial position. We could go American. There's Terrence Bullitt. There's... Uh, Corey Jones who we signed back. So we have a lot of different avenues we can explore at that position. And it, it's, it all goes into right now we're going to the final week in a free agency. And as I said Monday, it's very fluid. So mm-hmm. if certain guys sign, that takes away money from other positions. And, you know, we have our priorities. We've made some offers. There's some guys that we that are priority that we haven't had detailed conversations with because they're simple transactions of here's a ton of money, yes or no. Right. So it depends mm-hmm. on the scenario, and that's just the, the truth of it. So how are you feeling just where you're at with that, that long list of free agents and it opening up on Tuesday? Well, I, I think probably similar to the, to the other eight in my role across the league is you, you feel good about some potentials, but you're not sure. And like I said earlier, is until it's signed and it's registered, you just don't know. So there's multiple players we've had discussions with where we feel we're good. And some of them have said, hey, we've agreed. We're going to sleep on it. We might take the weekend to think about it. Uh, others, they've agreed, and we're just waiting on some other moving parts. So... A lot of a lot of unknowns just yet, and some certainty will come into play here, hopefully sooner rather than later. So you're not taking the weekend off? No, <laughs> I wish. I wish. There's, a, there's a chance till that some of your guys will get signed before Tuesday. You think? Yeah, yeah, there's a chance, and, and I don't know a number of them or which ones in particular, but definitely I think there's a good chance some of them will. You know, and again, the other aspect of this is being very honest about it is we might hold some money and say we're going to see who gets to the market. There might be some players that we that we like a lot from other organizations that haven't signed yet. And we may roll the dice and say, we're going to see if they hit the market. 
and that's a gamble. That's a 50-50, um, probably less than that because it's 50-50. Do they get to the market? And then if they do get to the market, do they come here? So a lot of the variables. I know Jason and I have spoken at length multiple times all day, every day, and we'll see what happens. Does your approach kind of change come Tuesday? I mean, you got all your offers out to guys, and if they haven't accepted by then, you can, like start from scratch at that point and kind of take everything off the table and go to work with everything with all the other names involved? Well, I think you have to explore all these options and say, you know, some players we have said, here's what we can do. And, and if they want to test the market, it's just as much of a risk for them. And I know, and I won't say certain players, but both here, hearing from last year, and then in Ottawa, certain players say, I see my value as this. And you say, well, we don't necessarily right now. We might think that much of you a player, but we need to invest money at a different position, whatever it may be. And so when they hit the market, then things may change on their thing too, where they may think a ton of teams are coming their way and there's a ton of money. And the reality is there just isn't. How do you handle that? You say you might leave some money on the table. So is there like a deadline that you say, okay, these guys haven't signed there and we kind of like them. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have to pick a deadline or just how do you handle when you decide that you're going to leave some money on the table? We're going into it. Like right now, that's one of our options is saying, here's uh, what we think it would take. Here's the ballpark. And we can look up what the players' contracts were and what we think the market will be. We'll, we'll guesstimate to it and set that aside. So the, the timeline would be free agency. Most of those big money players on average, and I don't have the exact stats, but I think on Tuesday you'll see six to eight, maybe ten kind of big name players and big money, and then from there it filters out quickly, and all of a sudden, like I said, March, some guys are sitting around going, geez, I thought I was going to get significant money, and there they are sitting there on signs. So, so it's a reality check for a lot of players, too. For a lot of them, it is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. This is, I think, second or third year with one-year contracts. Does that start to kind of bottleneck a little bit of free agency now because so many guys over the last couple of years have just gone with one years? thousand percent. I mean, and that's something that they have to risk is they have to weigh in. A lot of players need to decide, is it worth staying somewhere I'm comfortable where I've had a lot of success and why maybe my name is getting floated out there to be a big free agent because the scheme fits, the coach fits, the environment fits, the locker room fits. Can you get 10000 somewhere else? Yes. Truth is, after taxes, is that worth it? Is it worth going somewhere for 10000 where everything in the current place fits? And that's only an answer that they can give and a question they have to think about. But that's one thing we do discuss with some of these guys is what's the value to being somewhere that, that you love, that you enjoy, and a staff that you work with. And a lot of that comes into play. A big reason that if you have the right people in place, which I believe we do here with continuity coaching staffs, is these guys are having success because the schemes are working for them. Whereas if you go somewhere else and they run something a little different, it may not be as good for them. On Tuesday, do you get JC or Mike or somebody on the phone to some of those free agents? To we might. We might. We'll see. We'll see how their college recruiting skills are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, I think once the market hits, we might use some of our our key cogs like Mike and JC to get on the phone and, and play a little bit of recruiting game. Who sells more, the team or the player? In free agency time. As I mean, far as recruiting? Yeah, like I mean, is it more you convincing them to come to my team or them convincing you to try and sign them? I think right now it's more us with, with our guys. Uh, it, it's a little bit of both, about 50-50. Yeah. Uh, it depends on who in the scenario. So uh, that, that one's very yeah, – it depends who in, in the scenario.